This podcast is a production of Journey, a church community inspiring people to live big. For more information, please visit cincyjourney.org. Hey, good morning. My name is Joe Merrick. I'm the lead pastor here at Journey, and I'm so excited that you are here with us today as we continue our series called The Power of Routine, a great series kind of for the start of a new year to develop some routines, some habits that are going to have an impact on the rest of our years, even further than that. Uh, but before we get too far into that today, let me just encourage you um, to reach into the seat back in front of you. And there you're going to find one of these connect cards. We would love to have one of these filled out from every family here today. If uh, you would just take a moment and do that, especially if you are new, we would love to send a thank you to you in the mail this week. Uh, but there's other information you can fill out on there as well. Uh, prayer requests, decisions you've made, other things you want us to know about. So if you take a moment, uh, fill that out, uh, and then you can put it in the uh, offering bags as they come by at the end of our time together, our service. Um, or if that misses you, no worries. There's some Connect Card baskets uh, in the back. Um, with that share, let me just pause and pray for us, and then we'll jump in today. God, God, we thank you for these songs of grace and love and mercy that we sang because we experience those things. God, we are so thankful for, for them. We're so thankful for you as we take a moment and we just take a breath collectively. We pause from all the distractions of the week, from all of the uh, different directions our lives are getting pulled we just take some time. We focus in on who you are. We focus in on who you are calling us to be. God, help us to do that today. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, uh, this is week number three of our series in, uh, called The Power of routine. Uh, and so uh, in this series, I want to start just by talking about why we are in uh, a series called The Power of Routine. Uh, and here is some of the reasons. We've been talking about the importance of routines, habits in our lives. As we said a couple of times now, uh, uh, there are different um, scientists who believe that between 40 and 45% of the decisions we make on a daily basis are out of routine, out of habit, out of something that we do just pretty much because we did it that way before. And so when we think about that kind of statistic, uh, what we learn from that is if we want to have a different year. If we want our lives to be different in some substantial way, one of the things we need to look at is our routines, our habits, and how we can form new ones, how we can maybe stop some bad ones, how we can restart some ones that maybe we had years ago, but have fallen off and we know that we need them. 
In short, if we want to live differently this year than we did last year, one of the ways, one of the places that we can turn is to our routines. And so we've been talking about a number of routines, and we have specifically focused in on routines that can have maximum spiritual impact on our lives. And so we started right off with uh, just reading the Bible. Reading the Bible was week number one. I know um, uh, I've really personally enjoyed reconnecting with this habit. It's, it's one of those things that we all struggle with, right? We have times where we're really good at it, and then we have some times when we're not so good at it. Uh, kind of out of that series, we encouraged people. Uh, to go and find uh, the action item was to find some kind of reading plan. Maybe it was for a week, maybe it was for a month, maybe it was for a year. Some kind of plan, though, that you could follow on a consistent basis. I I did that. I found a one-year plan. And one of the things I've really enjoyed about it is uh, I found one that I can listen to or read at the same time on the YouVersion Bible app. Found my plan myself in uh, places many times where I couldn't necessarily read something, but I could listen, and it's just really helped me kind of get off on a good start, especially in the day. Sometimes in the car, uh, I'll listen to that. I've really enjoyed um, connecting again with Scripture. I hope you've taken that challenge. Um, We've said this a couple of times as well. We've said it many times, actually, through the years, but uh, it doesn't change Uh, If you look collectively at the contributing factors to people who are developing spiritually, uh, what those statistics tell us is again and again, the number one contributing factor to somebody who is uh, growing in their faith, the number one contributing factor is daily, continually going to the Bible and reading. I hope you can uh, engage in that routine kind of this week, this year, and that becomes a habit that just kind of continues on uh, through the rest of the year and for years to come. Last week, uh, we continued on. We talked about prayer. And sometimes we can overcomplicate prayer, so we really tried to simplify things down talking about prayer last week. And what we described was that prayer essentially is us sharing what is deep on our hearts with God. And so we kind of did this collectively in a practice. We had some uh, uh, note cards, and we just wrote down what was the big thing we felt like we were carrying on our heart that day. And then we brought it down and we put it in a basket. And as we did that, we just kind of, we encouraged everyone to have this mental picture that God was longing to receive that prayer. Because that's the other part of prayer. Not only does God want to hear what's on our heart, the deep things that are on our heart, but he wants us to understand that he longs to hear from us. That he longs to hear from us even more than we long to speak. And sometimes we really long to speak. God longs to hear our prayers, to connect with us in that, in that way. And when we learn those two lessons, when we learn that prayer is about me uh, sharing my heart with God and God longing to hear that, oftentimes what happens is our hearts get changed somehow in that process. And when we experience that, 
makes us want to come back to prayer again and again to make it a routine, a, a habit in our life. Last week was a, a powerful moment together. It's a moment we can have, not just uh, on, on a Sunday. It's a moment that we can have again and again in our daily lives. Not just when we bring our needs to God, but when we come to God with the right heart. So we talked about Bible reading. We talked about prayer. This week, the routine that we're going to talk about is just a bit different. It's not the kind of routine that we can do or maybe uh, that we can do on a daily basis. But it's the kind of discipline, the kind of routine we need to practice. A discipline, a routine, a habit is something that you do enough, you practice it enough that when you need to do it, you can do it. I know this because uh, I, I occasionally play golf, not nearly enough. And if you put a bucket of golf balls uh, below me and a putter in my hand, I will eventually get the ball in the cup, right? But if we are playing a round of golf and the game is on the line and I have that three-foot give-me putt, I got maybe a 50-50 chance, Right? Anybody else kind of in that with me? Can you experience that uh, uh, a discipline? Uh, I, and it's that way because I haven't spent enough time practicing it. I can't do it when it needs to be done. That's what a, a discipline is. A, uh, it's something that we can do when it needs to be done. We've practiced it enough. It's enough a part of our life that it just happens when it needs to happen. One of the spiritual dif- uh, disciplines that fits that description. It's something that uh, we practice enough that when it needs to happen, that we can do it. One of the spiritual disciplines that, that fits that is fasting. Fasting isn't something we talk a lot about. It's something that gets talked a lot about, happens a lot in the Old Testament, happens a lot in the New Testament, happens a lot in the early church. But today, for whatever reason, we just don't talk and practice fasting very often. Earlier this week, I was reading in my uh, one-year Bible plan. I was reading from Matthew chapter 7, the end of Matthew chapter 7. And uh, in Matthew chapters 5 through 7 uh, is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. This long teaching that Jesus, the longest teaching that we have recorded of Jesus. And it's him telling us how uh, the kingdom of God is going to get enacted. How it's going to get lived out. And it comes to the very end. And he has this powerful parable. This powerful story, this is from the message, this is verses 24 through 27 of Matthew 7. These words I speak to you, they're not incidental additions to your life. They're not homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house 
on a solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, or tornado hit, but nothing moved that house because it was fixed to a strong foundation. It was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies, you don't work them into your life. You're like the stupid carpenter who built his house on a sandy beach. It looked nice, but when a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. I read that, uh, those verses of Matthew 7, and I immediately thought about our series. I thought about our series because that's so much of what we're trying to do. We're trying to build a strong foundation for a a new year, for a new way to live, uh, to live closer to who God is calling us to be. We build that foundation on spiritual practices, on routines. Things like reading the Bible and praying and, yes, even fasting. So this morning, let's talk about what fasting is. First off, it's, it's not a magic bullet. It doesn't kind of automatically grant you whatever you're fasting for. It's, it's not a, a fix-all for guilt if you're feeling some guilt and shame. It's not about fitting into your favorite genes. Fasting is about placing ourselves in a posture of humility. Humility and uh, before God. Surrender before God. It's willingly submitting ourselves to self-denial so that inwardly we might create space to intentionally listen to God's voice. I love that uh, part of the description that talks about creating space. So often, aren't our lives full? They're busy, they're hectic. And really, uh, and fasting honestly can seem like one more way to complicate it. But the real idea behind fasting, behind giving something up, is that we, we push away some of that complication. We push away some of those distractions so that we can focus in on who God is and what he wants for us. Comes a way to clear away the clutter in our life. Some reasons that we fast. We fast for discernment. Because we kind of we want to know what's going on inside of us, what should be going on inside of us. I love how Richard Foster describes fasting. He says, one of the interesting things about fasting is it reveals what's inside, what controls us. He adds, you know, we've gotten really good in today's uh, day and age at covering up what controls us. We cover it up with food, with possessions, with busyness, so that we don't have to deal with it. But in a fast, we strip some of that away. And we get a better sense of what's happening inside of us. We fast for discernment. 
So we need direction because we need to understand what's happening and what should be happening in our hearts and our lives, what God's desires are. We fast for preparation. Inviting God's presence into some new season in life, maybe a marriage, maybe a, a, a new job, maybe a move, maybe some kind of new season that you're experiencing. You want to invite God into that. When we look at the Bible and we look at the life of Moses, the life of Jesus, Moses uh, was the, the man who, uh, by God's direction, took Israel from enslavement to Pharaoh, got them out of Egypt, across the desert, all the way up to the edge of the promised land. Jesus, the, the figure in the New Testament, the, the person that we worship who uh, brings grace and truth and life to us. Makes, us, makes a way for us to connect with God. Both of these people, in the very earliest days of their ministry, they started with fasting. Started with 40 days of fasting. Preparing their hearts, changing their souls for what was up ahead. So one of the reasons we fast is just to be prepared for preparation for some new stage in life. And we fast because of urgent needs. Sometimes uh, desperate situations, desperate situations call for desperate measures. When the doctor calls and has bad news, when your marriage is in trouble, when the boss says uh, uh, we're thinking about downsizing, when your kids have gotten themselves into some situation, all of these are, are situations which can produce a great amount of stress in our heart, in our life. And in those moments, it can feel like there is nothing we can do. Sometimes we can respond with prayer, with fasting. And this goes back to the very beginning of what we talked about. We need to have the practice, the routine. We need to understand that we can do it. We need to understand how it works. So that when the occasion arrives where we, we have the urgent need, we know how to respond. We know that we can respond with fasting. So we know that fasting is important. We know that Moses did it. We know that Jesus did it. We know that in, in Matthew chapter 6, like we talked about last week with prayer, uh, Jesus says a very similar thing with uh, fasting that he did with prayer. When you fast, not if you fast, but when you fast. In other words, he's setting the expectation that his people will be fasting people. We know that it can be helpful in gaining discernment and getting a new endeavor off on the right foot. In responding to urgent needs. So with all those important reasons to fast listed, how do we actually do it? When we uh, turn to scripture for some of those answers, we don't so much uh, get hard and fast rules about how to fast, but we get some guidelines. Let me just go over a couple of those 
with you. I think I have four guidelines this morning if you're taking notes. First guideline is to avoid improper motives. This is the one that Jesus uh, seems to immediately go to, especially in Matthew chapter 6 that we talked about. He says in verse 16, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. Don't call attention to yourself. They disfigure their faces to show men that they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. The purpose of fasting isn't to impress other people. The purpose of fasting is to help us to use it as a tool to connect with God in a special way, in a new way, in a different way, to focus in on him. Number two, fasting isn't about being miserable. I hope that's good news to you. Sometimes we think when we uh, kind of think about fasting, we think, well, the more miserable I am, the better I am doing at the fast. It's not true. It's not what God wants for us. We freak ourselves out sometimes thinking about fasting, like we're going to wither away. Like uh, if we hide the remote to the TV or uh, uh, put something, uh, some other kind of restriction on our life that we're going to get really bored. But fasting, it's about freeing up some time, some attention. Taking some of our distractions, some of the things that we spend too much effort on. giving us extra time, energy, focus, to focus in on who God is and what he wants for us. Number three, fasting isn't for the super spiritual. Fasting is a way that we all can grow our faith. It's not something that we, uh, there's not some level that we arrive at in our spiritual development and we say, okay, now we can fast and uh, people, the other people can know that we can fast now. It's not something we do out of obligation. It's not something we do so that others know how spiritual we are. In fact, the general guideline about fasting, the general guideline is that fasting should make us humble proud, humble, not proud. Fasting is there for us all to participate in. Something God calls us to, not all the time, but in special seasons of our life. In response to difficult situation, God says, this is one of the ways you can respond Number four, fasting is about depending on God. Of all the guidelines listed so far, this is the most important to remember. If you're taking notes, this is the one you should star. Fasting is about depending on God. In a fast, we give up something. 
Maybe it's food, maybe it's something else, but we give up something so that we can depend less on ourselves and more on God. In Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 2, God says, I remember the devotion of your youth. How as a bride, you, you loved me and you followed me through the desert, through a land not sown. In this verse, God's talking to the prophet Jeremiah, who's speaking to the people of Judah. And God's essentially, he's saying, this is my favorite time with the people of Israel. My favorite time, and it's really interesting, the things he doesn't list, right? He doesn't talk about the triumphal entry into the promised land that day when they finally crossed over and and they had victory and they celebrated. He doesn't talk about King David, the greatest king in their history, the, the one who God says, this is like a man who's after my own heart. He doesn't talk about Solomon, David's son who was wise and wealthy and, and, and showed kind of the uh, development of the people of Israel. He doesn't point to any of those things. He says, I remember when we first started. Remember when we first uh, uh, freed you from the Egyptians when the Pharaoh and the Egyptian army was hot on your trail when we crossed the Jordan River that, and we were in the desert, that, that barren land. Why is this the place God points to? It's like his highlight reel. The place that, that he is most fond of when he thinks back about uh, the story and the history of Israel. It's because this is the place they had no choice but to depend on God had to depend on him. That dependence on God, that's what fasting is supposed to stir in our hearts, in our lives. So this week, if you really wanted to start fasting, and I hope that you do, if you wanted to get some practice in and, and kind of develop a routine like we've talked about, here's some practical steps. The first is this. It doesn't have to be about food. Oftentimes we kind of associate food and fasting together and, and it's a great thing to fast from, but it doesn't have to be just about food. Maybe you could take some kind of social media fast. Maybe you're binge watching some uh, show. You have some sports team that you're really following and, and you could give it up for a week. Maybe you could find something else in your life you could give up for some portion of time with a real direct purpose of Fasting from it, creating space to connect with God in a new way. Second kind of practical step is just to start small. There, uh, uh, fasting isn't an extreme sport. 
So just to go back to food for a moment, maybe you give up a meal. Maybe you give up a, a, a day of fasting. Maybe you give up uh, certain kinds of food altogether for uh, a week. Something that will act as a trigger, a reminder for you to pray, to connect with God. So start small. Number three is to be kind to yourself. God is full of grace and we should remember that if we kind of fall off and, uh, or we forget for a moment, if we mess up, take a breath, pray for God's strength for the rest of the time. Be kind to yourself in a fast. Lastly, be focused. Be focused. Spend some time uh, asking, what's this fasting period about? I mean, it should always have some kind of connection to, I want to grow my relationship with God. I want to see what God wants for my heart, for my life. That should always be a part of a fast. But is there something specific that you're seeking, some answer to a question, some direction for the future? Are you fasting for somebody else? Fasting is a chance to be very intentional, very focused. Intentional and focused spiritually. So spend some time asking the question, what, what am I fasting about? What's the, what's the point? What am I trying to see happen in my life and somebody else's life? I pray, I pray maybe this week that you can find one thing. One small way to uh, begin this routine, this habit, to kind of get used to this idea of giving something up, fasting from something, to make a greater connection with God. As Daniel comes up today, let me just pray for us. Dear God, we live in a world that is so full of abundance we have so many choices for lunch today, for uh, what to do with our time uh, this week. That fasting seems contrary to so many things that we spend our time and our energy thinking about. But God, you tell us that this is one of the ways that we can connect with you. talk about your people being a fasting people, God, and we haven't always had that routine. It hasn't been a part of our life, our, our week, our year. God, my prayer is that you begin to change that in our hearts. That as we sing this last song, that we begin to maybe pick some things pick some things in our life that we want to fast from. Maybe it's food, maybe it's uh, social media, maybe it's something else. But we want to set those things aside because God was saying, you know what? You are more important. We want to create some space 
for you to do something new in our heart and our life. And sometimes we have to set something aside for that to happen, at least for a period. Help us, God, to have the courage and the faith to do that. I believe, God, that if we are faithful to who you call us to be, that you will show up in our lives in a big, big way. In your name we pray. Amen.